John Bloom here, and you're listening to the Sun's Solar Panel, which is much more informative and entertaining than listening to my solar panels, but not nearly as environmentally friendly. Solar Panel Podcast. We appreciate you joining us on the podcast or if you are live with us on YouTube. By the way, if you're watching live on YouTube right now, uh, go ahead and send a comment or a question. We will make sure that we get it in the show. As always, myself, Tim Tompkins, Greg Esposito, and Dave King. But today, today, gentlemen, we are finally joined uh, by possibly the most positive Suns fan <laughs> I have ever met in my entire life, Mr. John Bloom. Thanks for joining us. Man, it's tough to stay uh, and keep that uh, moniker these days, Tim. But uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, also, uh, I can I can honestly say when when Espo and I used to do the the uh, age old podcast, we never lit it up at about seven a.m. on a weekend. We never even tried that. But I uh, when I'm up when I'm up on the weekends and you guys are doing these early morning podcasts, it is such a, a great thing to be able to sit in my backyard and either watch you guys or I just usually listen. Uh, but uh, it's great to be with you. And and we actually had an event take place. Uh, so there's some timeliness to my appearance, I guess. <laughs> we had a live event happen, didn't we? Unbelievable. With yeah, basketball was... players moving and scoring baskets and stuff. Hey, hey look, no, it's right. hey. pretty incredible. Let's not overstate it. It wasn't real basketball players. Come on. No. Let me no. tell you, though. Let me tell you, though. And and let's just uh, pull the covers off on this. It was that um, the Suns have been doing these NBA 2K games with different players. And yesterday was Mikel Bridges playing against the Sixers uh, for the Suns against the Sixers. And, and, you know, I've tried to watch those 2K games. And for me, that is not my that's not my genre. That's not my realm. I know you guys are big on the video games, but I am absolutely not looks so weird and so hard to watch. I haven't been able to do it. But by God, last night on 98.7 FM on Arizona Sports, I tune in after I go on a, my one time out yesterday, my one time leaving the house. I get, went up for a walk in a secluded area. And as I'm driving home, I hear John Bloom and Tim Kempton on the radio calling <laughs> a Suns game. And because I didn't have to watch that crap, it was enjoyable to the max. I listened the entire hour. It was so fun. So tell us about that experience, my man. Well, thanks uh, for listening. And, uh, you know, it was it was definitely not an anticipated uh, night on the calendar for either <laughs> me or Tim Kempton. Uh, I think Tim was a little bit more of a fish it, out of water it than took I you was. Guys, it took you guys about 10 <laughs> minutes to warm up. And that was, unfortunately, about half the game. But <laughs> I know, because it goes so fast. I mean, you, you have no breaks. There's not really a chance for a conversation. Even like, you know, in radio calls of a normal basketball game, it's very fast uh, and you don't have a lot of time to talk back and forth with with your partner uh, unless it's free throws or you know you're coming in and out of breaks and we didn't have breaks and the free throws are lightning fast you can't you know, I thought I was gonna get a break when they went to the free throw line <laughs> but you don't because they shoot it it's, like, like bang, bang, it's over no, it's not. So, uh, and I played 2K. Uh, I've used it as kind of a, a training tool for getting ready for games this year, uh, oh, yeah. which has been fun. Because my yeah, my kids have a Nintendo Switch, the little like handheld thing. So I play on that. 
Uh, I'm not an Xboxer. The the latest I got in gaming systems was PS2. Still have it in the garage. <laughs> I, need to, I need to fire it back up. Uh, I also have my second Genesis still. Uh, I still have my Intellivision somewhere in the garage. I need to dig it up. But, uh, you know, I go way back with video games because I've always kind of used it as an escape. So for me, when they asked me to do this, it was an absolute no-brainer. I was so jacked up. But also, I was like, I don't know what how the this hell is going to go. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm watching my kids. I'm making food. That's what I'm doing. I'm the chef to, uh, here at, at the Bloom House. Uh, but, you know, I I, uh, I looked at it as a great opportunity to escape for sure for not only me, but for fans, because we just need something uh, that's new that we can get into. I know we're watching classic games. I'm sure you guys have tapped into that or we're watching highlights or we're looking back at history. But I think there's only so much of that that you can do to still kind of conjure up that feeling of being a fan. So, you know, maybe last night people got into it. I got I found myself getting into it, rooting for Mikel to, to whoop Matisse Thibel and, and beat the Sixers. And, uh, you know, fortunately he did. And it was an entertaining product uh, from a standpoint of watching a battle go back and forth. Uh, we actually had a competition, looked at one point like Mikel was going to run him out of the gym. Uh, but, you know, the, he came out strong in the third quarter. So it, it kind of and even Tim, I could hear Tim getting into it, too. He didn't know what to expect. His kids play 2K, but he's, he's not a gamer. So, uh, you know, it was it was a great opportunity for us to to get into a, a situation where we actually felt like we had a gig. Uh, we had something to do. I love the fact that you guys have kept doing the solar panel. And I know it's not easy when you don't have basketball to talk about. So, uh, you know, that was just kind of a, something I'm going to look at as, as a gift that uh, during these ridiculous times, uh, I could actually bite something off and chew it up a little bit and feel like I was getting it done. Well, so did you ever imagine that you'd make history as a broadcaster, but it would be because of video games? Because you guys became the first broadcast team. Uh, to ever broadcast a 2K game on radio. And I found it hilarious because I got a push notification from ESPN last night letting uh, letting me know that uh, that you guys made history. Uh, did you ever imagine that, that, that you'd do that? And how did how'd this whole thing come about for you guys? Uh, you know, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think that uh, I was gonna. Let me let me fix this real quick because I think it. Uh, hopefully that's better. Actually, um, aim it up. No. Aim it up higher. That's actually worse. Aim it up higher. <laughs> we can see the top. <laughs> hey, there's John Blue. Hey, All right. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, a, <laughs> so, she said, I'm joke in there somewhere. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, back oh, to the historical. Wait, speaking of what she said, really quick, just real quick, um, because we're all social distancing and everything like that, or just staying amongst our our little families, or not at all, if our families are grown or we don't have any um, around us, I, someone tweeted, "If there's a baby boom out of this, it's all going to be firstborn children." <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, well, th thanks, Dave, for taking us off the tracks. That's your off the track moment off the track. of the show. Well, now, John, so we were, that's what she said is only where there's a, you know, a firstborn child at, at play. Oh, so, okay. so, so, John, history. I think Dave something about. Well, let, let me just tack on to the off the trackness here. I think Dave's on to something. He might be on something, but he's on to something in a way where families are expanding. I'm telling you, there are people in my neighborhood, like their kids have come and visited me. I have a nine pound cockapoo, okay? A nine pound 
like snuggly little fluffy puppy. And these kids are extraordinarily scared of my dog. And they just went and got a dog. Like, I'm like, what? what? How does that even work? They, they can't deal with a nine pound dog. That's the nicest dog on the planet. They're going to get a dog right now. Well, that's because people just need something, right? They need something yeah. to well, like get into. I, I think there's that. And I also, because I actually have a couple of clients that are animal shelters. And I think to a certain extent, because they are seeing a boom right now in dog adoptions, people are saying, hey, we're stuck at home for a couple of weeks. This is a great time to adopt a dog because we now have time to house train the dog. See, yeah, I'm an no, I, I get that. I'm all for it, too, because I'm a, I'm a big animal person. But when this thing's over and they get back out into the real world. I really hope they don't just kick the dog to the curb and don't care about it or, you know, don't pay attention to it. These are the, maybe the wrong type of people, not dog people getting dogs. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we'll see. See, I'm the awful person that goes shortage on toilet paper, increase in dog purchases. Should we be worried for the poor dogs right now? I, I, you know, in some way. So, but so John history, did you ever imagine that you'd make history by becoming the first broadcaster to call a uh, 2k game on radio and how it come about? I think that's where we left off. So yeah, yeah. That, that is good <laughs> way to get, get us back, back on track. <laughs> Engineer Greg, uh, here's what I think about, about the whole uh, kind of timeline of this. I kind of feel like, uh, it was meant to happen because of like all the time I spent uh, in my youth playing video games or being out on my driveway, calling play by play to whatever the heck I could do. Right. Uh, it's just it's the, the, the quirkiness that, that was John Bloom as a kid. And it's still there. Uh, so, you know, I look at it. Maybe I maybe I got ready for it, but never did I anticipate calling a video game on the radio. I can't tell you honestly that I saw that happening. And so there was a lot of last minute crammy to figure out how we were even going to get it done. Uh, and it, it got brought up first by a group of my buddies. We were on a text chain and they were like, why don't you call the action on Twitch? That would be awesome. I said, well, I don't think that's the right medium for it because the people who go to Twitch to watch gamers want to hear the gamers trash talk. That's one of the big, uh, you know, nuances to what Twitch does different than watching a game or sitting in a room watching a TV game. It's almost like sitting in that college dorm room I did with a group full of dudes and people are just ripping on each other playing either. Uh, let's see. It was probably 94 NHL 94 back in the day when the guy would bleed if you make, hit him hard enough. little Wayne's head more, bleed. No. <laughs> exactly. So it was right in that was my wheelhouse, right in the swingers' wheelhouse. And uh, you know, it was uh that's how Twitch feels to me if it's done right, because you actually get the feel of the trash talking gamers on top of the actual game action, and you hear Kevin Harlan's call. So I was like, how's this even gonna work with us trying to do a radio broadcast on top of all that? And then once they figured they could get us just a feed of the the Nat sound, and here's a little behind the scenes for the solar panel that nobody else knows yet. Uh, the onus of why there was a bit of a fail in our broadcast was all on Mikkel because he was supposed to go in on the controls and change it and remove Kevin Harlan and the uh, announcer soundtrack in the setup as they got ready for tip off, <laughs> and he didn't do it. So we ended up having to, like, our engineer Luke Robbins killed, and he was riding the levels the whole game back in studio. <laughs> uh, so Tim and I both are on the phone. Uh, I'm on my phone right here in the office. Tim's on his phone. He actually got one of his kids to give him the gamer headset, which you might have, Tim. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but it looks kind of like that. I think that's what he was rocking is one of those. Um, and uh, and as, actually, you guys all are, are you've got the little time-life situation. Headsets, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Andy Dandy. I need to get one for next time. Uh, but but he uh, he got one of those last minute. And he calls me up. He's like, hey, do your kids have gamer headsets? And I said, uh, no, they don't. They're not gamers. Uh, <laughs> I'm the one who plays the Switch. They don't even touch it. Uh, so he's like, uh, well, you could go in your neighborhood, find somebody who's got, got you know, a gamer headset because it's awesome. He was explaining to me, like, uh, why it was so good. Uh, I just use this thing yeah. like I'm using now, this little rinky dinky yeah. headset. Yeah, because, thing because what you want to do is go to some random person's house right now. Go, can you give me something that, that sits about two inches from your mouth? That you spit on <laughs> while you're using, so I can borrow that. That's exactly what you want to do in a time of pandemic. So, it will be fine. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, it was it was so it was all last minute. I'm trying to string my um, landline because I wanted to have a landline so it wouldn't be my cell dependent on my cell. Now, podcasting all day, we're cell phone. But landline, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get it hooked up for this huge broadcast historical. You still you know, have a landline. landline. Yeah, I still have one. Amazingly, and I went into my garage and dug does up a. Cord, does your phone uh, receiver have a cord on it that says, says a corded landline, the old style? Uh, it might. We can bust it. I put it back above the fridge <laughs> there for another decade, probably. Hopefully, let's hope we don't have any desperate measures that I need to get that thing out. It ended up failing anyway. I used the cell phone, uh, and uh, we tapped in. The, the like I said, we were both on phone lines, uh, and then we got that feed. From SAK Gaming, which is located in Tempe. Uh, I didn't know much about them, but uh, Espo, you, you, I think you're familiar with them, maybe. Um, there's some guys that have been in the industry in Phoenix for a while that are over there now. And um, they helped by sending us this feed that would allow us to watch the game direct without having to like tap into Twitch or go around through a website, which would have delayed it because we wanted to broadcast it as if it was live. And uh, that worked out. That stuff actually all came together. Uh, I'm not too surprised that you can make something like this happen, though, to answer like the, the historical element of this. Because I have a little bit in, of it in my past, and I think Espo knows this, but I was the first guy to ever be like the voice of a Division One um, network online only. Like We were the first ones to go online only broadcast. It was Oakland University. It was back in 1999. And uh, we did, you know, it, it was unheard of to, to take these massive boxes into a gym, a laptop and set all these cords together just to get a dial up situation <laughs> to get online on the Internet and broadcast. And the people listening would go through half hour to 45 minute buffer sessions, probably five <laughs> to six times a game. The game would last like a day and a half. I don't even know how they listen. <laughs> it was only the, my parents. It was like the fa family of the guys on the team at first. And then, you know, we started to build a little bit of an audience with the, the uh, as the school grew too, with the students back on campus. But uh, what a great experience for me. I was basically, you know, just a couple years older than the kids on the team. We were traveling together and that was my first play by play gig as a professional. And we we didn't get a lot of ink at the time. There's been some people talking about, hey, we should we should go back and do like a story about how this all came together. And now I just feel like this is another chapter in it. This is pretty cool to be able to do a, a video game. Totally different deal. That was real basketball. But at least, you know, you mentioned it wasn't real basketball players. At least we had, like, real basketball players playing the game. I liked that more yeah. than I like yeah. these professional gamers. <laughs> what do you think about that element? Yeah, tell us um, tell us what you thought of how Mikel did the game. I mean, in the first half, he really focused on getting it down to DeAndre Ayton and drawing fouls. 
Why can't it be like that in real life? Well, well to, to, to be fair, DeAndre Ayton does have the second highest usage percentage on the team, just behind Devin Booker, right around 25%. Yeah, but he had him drawing fouls. And getting uh, there. He got Embiid in foul trouble in like the first three minutes of the game. Embiid had four fouls. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with it. We're like, why is he leaving? Why is Matisse Stiebel leaving Embiid on the floor? He's going to foul him out in the first <laughs> quarter. And so once he finally pulled him, I mean, it's almost like he got he got Embiid out of the way a lot of the times. And, and D.A. just had easy pickings. And he, he piled up a bunch of points. He had 21 points, I think, in the first half. Uh, Aiton did. And uh, Mikel didn't go to him in the second half. I think partially because he was spent and that's something that happens in video games when you know maybe i'm gonna again a hat tip to the folks who make 2k to be able to try to make a game lifelike you know you shouldn't be able to have da have a usage rate of 89.2 tim Tompkins, <laughs> but that's probably what it felt for him and and i think that uh, you know then it, it it hurt him in his energy rate and he wasn't as effective in hey, the second half. let's be honest not giving the so ball they gave to, him a real energy rate he, well, well hey <laughs> not giving the ball to deandre Ayton in the second half is very realistic too so hey we actually john we we have a, a question from a youtube listener right now uh or watcher i guess i should say fabio he says is john going to broadcast devin booker playing call of duty <laughs> Ooh, I'd have to really get like a full, uh, you know, tutorial on Call of Duty because that's one thing with me in gaming. I've only been a sports gamer. I've never really, other than like early days, Pitfall, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, those old school. Like other than that, I've really just been about hoops, football, a uh, little bit of baseball and definitely golf. Uh, you know, always because I'm just a golf geek in general. I so imagine, I can just imagine Bloomer calling Devin Booker in college. He fires again and he <laughs> shot the gun again. Look at that. <laughs> His shooting wow, percentage is amazing. <laughs> it's a, if it's a, like lacrosse, I can do it. Shot and a score. I could say that with the best of them, but I, I, I just didn't know the rules when I used to call lacrosse games. It's kind of like Call of Duty. I just, if you get a kill, I can nail that one. <laughs> so, so, John, best video basketball game of all time. Oh man, there's some, cause like, if I think about the ones I played the most, um, maybe double dribble, uh, we played the heck out of double dribble on the original Nintendo system. Uh, over N my NBA street, NBA street. You got to oh, play that. You, yes. But you know, the most fun I've had is probably NBA jam. Thank it's you. not a real basketball game, but I got to go with NBA jam and Espo, you and I have played NBA we jam have. together. Uh, yeah, the big going away party. So, uh, or, or just, you know, thanks for your effort party. Whatever it happened to be, that was get a good the hell, party. I think it was place. called "Get the Hell Out of Here" party. I think was uh, <laughs> they were throwing me out uh, back in the so day. So let me ask so. you another question about Mikel being the guy running that running that game yesterday. Um, should we start a controversy because he didn't use Devin Booker hardly at all? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but, but Booker closed the deal. You know, he knew when it was crunch time and he had to get yeah. the job done in that game. But he completely Booker was ignored done. Booker most of the game, though. I mean, yeah, is, this a, I is, this a, is this a problem between the two of them? We should start this rumor? <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I'll tell you that back uh, my final season with the team, I played Devin Booker in NBA 2K for a video on, on Suns.com. Uh, and Devin wasn't even getting, you know, wasn't even going to be part of the rotation to start the season, right? 
and he played himself all 48 minutes, shot the ball <laughs> the, the entire time, like didn't give it to, to, to Bletcher or anybody else on the roster. So I think I, I think Did guys just play 2K. Oh, he beat me by like 70 points. Like it was just, it was ridiculous. <laughs> you can actually still watch it on the internet. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. I actually think, <laughs> yeah, I actually think I'm sitting here with the, let me see. Let me see if it's here. Yes, I don't know if you guys will be able to see this, but this is me and Devin Booker playing 2K uh, at a at a uh, at training camp that year. So uh, that, yeah, yeah. He is ca- that your son? No, that was that was me back when I was younger and thinner, and uh, yeah, and Booker That's back before metabolism, teenage yes, son. I, that think. Was, I don't know. That was back uh, back in the day, that. but that was a uh, yeah. So Jesus. guys, uh, the point is, guys tend to uh, not exactly follow real rotations or uh, or uh, usage rates in in yeah. those games because uh, Booker, uh, I swear, shot uh, eighty times before he was even in the rotation with the Suns. So, and and you know what? And look, I, I think if you ask Mikel, there's no doubt that he tried to go to himself. Uh, a bunch during that game <laughs> yeah. to make a point that, that, you know, he could get it done. And then he's, he's Kel even tweeting after the fact, trash talking Matisse, that Matisse's <laughs> stat line was such garbage. And, and Mikel had 15 points in the game, made some huge shots so with himself. You could tell that that was a, a big focal point for him. And I was curious going in, like, is he really going to try to light it up as Mikel Bridges or is he going to let Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton do the, the majority of damage? And uh, yeah, like we talked about, DA was the guy in the beginning, but in the end it was, it was definitely Mikel. And Elliot Kobo, too. That's the thing. Like, should teams use a guy on a bench at the end of a game who's got all his juice, who could yeah. beat everybody up and down the floor? Because that's <laughs> what Mikel did. Nobody could stop Elliot Kobo because he had 100% energy at the end of the game and he was yeah, he making had- layup after layup. Yeah, but it's the, too bad we can't get the real Elliot Kobo to be like that. Uh, the the problem is if you sit on the bench in real life for an entire game and then you try to come in, you it, you're not warm. In video games, it's like that they, they don't take that into account that you're not that you're not warm. He just say he comes in in a video game and can uh, outrun everybody. You do that in real life, you're probably pulling a hammy because you sat there for forty six <laughs> minutes before you actually get off the bench. You'd, uh, you'd you Kevin just Johnson have that. a little warm up, Barry. You gotta have a warm-up area like they do in soccer, where the guys are doing the warm-ups yeah, on the sidelines. Really My daughter is a bench player in soccer, and look, look, if the best players in soccer, a lot of these guys are like the snipers that come in in the last five minutes of the game, fresh, and they come off the bench. And a lot of them, the substitutions get goals. It's just a matter of fact; it happens in soccer. So in basketball, I'm curious: could any coach out there try this? approach and just keep a secret <laughs> weapon on the end of the bench at the end of each half bring that guy in fully ready to go let him run around a little bit on the sideline loosen up so he doesn't pull that hammy i get that element but yeah I, i'd love to see that kind of sounds like jimmer for debt <laughs> just oh, keep no, him warm no bring him off the bench in the fourth quarter and have him take 10 shots in the final two minutes when your star player is one point away from setting a record <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy, those names, like those two names together, for me, <laughs> something so different before that game than they have meant since. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, Jimmer Fredette was this amazing score to watch at BYU. And he even played some games here in the Valley. And I remember him lighting it up uh, in a couple here in, like, the Jerry Colangelo tournament. But uh, then that night... For him to be so boneheaded and step all over what was going to be another 60-point performance of virtuosity by our guy Devin Booker, 
now Jimmer Fredette is like a curse word. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. almost in the same category as Robert Ori and Bruce Bowen yeah. and all these other like <laughs> non yeah. They're all curse words on Planet Orange. Those are all like forbidden words. Yeah, but you know what's sad is all those guys were curse words because of what they did to the Suns in the playoffs. We've been in such <laughs> It's been 10 years <laughs> that it's a guy on our own team that stopped a guy from scoring 60 that has now entered the curse word world. In a meaningless March game or April game. So, completely meaningless. So, Bloom, are there any other plans to call uh, additional 2K games on the radio? And if so, can you please let Tim Kempton know that you can't complain to the virtual refs because they can't hear you? <laughs> Well, most places we're sitting calling games, the the real refs can't hear us either. So, uh, but yeah, no, he, he's he's gonna stay Tim Kempton, man. That's that's how he rolls. And, uh, I'm not gonna change that. There's no way that, that like that's that gonna one change. Time he goes, can we get these refs in real life? They actually call fouls. <laughs> Well, the, in all fairness, the, the, the refs yeah. do call fouls against the Suns all the time. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, hey, so, John, did you happen to watch our last episode to put you on the spot? Because I want to give you some of the grades that we came up with and kind of get your take on whether or not you would have agreed with our takes. Yeah, full disclosure, I uh, it consumed it. Most of it was uh, while I was grilling, so I was listening. Uh, and I heard the grades that you guys gave out. Putting me on the spot to give grades to guys I got to get on a bus with is a little oh, tricky. But oh yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let <laughs> we get let, we can let you a a a a a. Bloom, we can we can let we can let you go before we get to the grading part. That that that's fine. Uh, we don't want to put you in an awkward position, but uh, a any any additional broadcast coming up that uh, of two K games that we should be aware of, or was this a one time uh, experiment for you guys? I hope it, it was uh, just the start. Uh, if we're going to really be quarantined for a while and, and real basketball doesn't come back, I'll do this as much as they want to do it, man. Let's do a whole season of it. I don't know. I we'll see. <laughs> uh, I know everybody's looking for content. Um, so, you know, if, if it's a, a doable thing, which it, we proved last night that it is even kind of last minute. Uh, and incidentally, I want to give credit uh, where it's due to a couple of folks that that helped make this happen. Uh, I think that Doug Chisholm was the guy who first called me to ask me if I was interested in doing it. Uh, and when I told him 100 percent and then it, then I didn't hear from him for a few days and I was <laughs> doing my own kind of research about Twitch and how it would even work. Uh, and then we all kind of pulled it together with the help help of uh, Dean Stoyer and, and Allison Harissus over in the, in the content team and uh, Rod Lake and Ryan Hatch with 98.7 uh, FM, uh, you know, pulling it together. And I, and I already mentioned Luke Robbins, my guy who was in there with all the dials. So now that we got that uh, dialed in, I hope we do it again. And one other thing I want to throw since I'm out there on the social panel, I'm going to actually give you guys a homework assignment. Uh, because I've been playing around with this little uh, home project I'm doing. I told Espo about it, actually, uh, on the phone. And, uh, you know, part of what I do, in addition to sports, I love music uh, and I love to play music. I'm not a great uh, musician by any stretch, uh, but I wrote uh, I rewrote the, the words to a, a modest Yahoo song called One Day. And uh, it's it's for Planet Orange. It's for Suns fans. 
Uh, my whole hope is to just do something that, that we can be uh, proud about and rally around. And maybe, uh, you know, when they do win the championship, this will become the viral song. Who knows? But I want to get everybody who's like in on Planet Orange to be involved because it's going to be a music video. So I'm going to pick a lyric instead of what I initially did was I just kind of threw a vague Twitter invite out to anybody who can carry a tune or play an instrument or wants to be involved to, to DM me. Uh, but I still want you to hit me up on Twitter at John Bloom if you're interested. Uh, even if you can't carry a tune, there's parts and ways we can make this work. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to be a fan video of us kind of rallying together. And uh, since we're all at home, we all have phones that can take videos. It's pretty easy to do. Uh, we're doing it right now on Skype, but uh, you know you can just snap up a video and then put it on the Dropbox link that I'm going to give you once you uh, connect with me on Twitter. And hey, uh, the, this will give me a to work. Are you the son's Gal Gadot? Is that it? We're all <laughs> going to sing one line from a from a song, and you're going to splice it together. Yeah, I mean the difference with Gal though. I'm going to give Gal credit for being a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> but the one thing that, that my girl Gal isn't is she didn't uh, have the creative juices of rewriting lyrics. This was just kind of singing a song we all know. I've actually rewritten the lyrics. So this hits home with Suns fans. This is strictly for Suns fans. The whole world isn't necessarily <laughs> going to appreciate what we're doing here. But, uh, you know, I'm looking out for the people that, that I'm around that I share this commonality with. Uh, we all had a little bit of crazy in us because if we stuck <laughs> around, you had to. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that uh, we can have fun with it. That, like I said, that's what it's about. And, and this time, I know we can donate. And Dave, what you're doing with Brightside is awesome. And you never fail to, to have the right mindset when it comes to helping people. And I love that about you and what you guys do over there with your crew. Uh, so people definitely uh, use your pocketbooks because that makes a difference in the world. But there's another thing that I think makes a difference in the world and that's helping people's mentals. Can I use a Marshawn Lynch for you? Uh, you help people's mentals in a lot of different ways. Because they're uh, missing their chicken. Yeah, right. Well, the chicken is tough to get. It's off the shelf. But, you know, <laughs> one thing is when, when, when you're struggling mentally, and we all have to be in some frame right now. I mean, if you're not, I don't even know because you're not human, maybe. But uh, right. we're all battling this together. So one thing I like to do is make people laugh. Uh, I'm a clown. And I've always been a clown. And so, you know, that's why I think this is going to you know, be able to at least help me do that in some form, uh, because it's not just music. It's also there's some there's some good good natured, uh, you know, comic relief involved in, in what we're doing here. So uh, hopefully we can execute it. Thank you to anybody who's uh, listening or watching the solar panel who wants to be involved. And uh, thanks to you guys for keep uh, to, to keep pumping out this content what you're doing i'll be watching you know it so we just hey man i just would, DM. I would love to be in your video yeah so we just dm you to get what our line will be and then uh and then uh, film it and send it to you is that the that the way it works john yeah i think it'd be awesome to even set it up like i'm looking at a view of the three of you right now and i don't know if that's possible on skype to just record uh something but uh, we get the three solar panel hosts locking it down together. Or if I get three separate, I'll give you each a line, you know, and, and we'll make it work. That might, yeah. You John, said John, do us a favor. We, we actually can do it. Uh, I don't want to do it live on the show, though. So uh, in, in, the, in the Skype Nobody chat, just, uh, just, just Skype chat or send us a, a DM on Twitter. And if we get yeah. done recording, we'll go ahead and record that, clip it, and then send it to you. Perfect. All right. Let's do it.
Yeah, it's not fun. Thanks, man. Because you want three tone deaf dudes in your music video. Get ready for it. John, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll uh, we'll let you go before we do any damage to your career. So, uh, and we look forward to hearing you on another uh, another 2K uh, radio broadcast sometime soon. You know, friend. you guys should talk about actually doing playing out 2K uh, with some old good Suns teams. You know, wouldn't that be <laughs> great to like have a just have the you know the the SSOL Suns against one of their rivals like the Spurs and see how it actually plays out on 2K with, you know, uh, that'd be, that'd be fun. Could be, could be different that's endings. A, that, that's a you know, great idea, first of all. And uh, as they were flipping through setting up the teams last night before the game, Matisse Steibel kind of uh, by accident flipped back a spot and it went from this year's Philadelphia 76ers to the all-time great 76ers team. So it was Dr. J. It was everybody, you know? And I said, oh, that'd be awesome, right? If they went old school and played the classic teams. But these guys want to play with themselves. So why not get Steve Nash to play with the, the seven seconds or less team? You know, I don't know if Nash has got any skills on the Got to put him to the test, but uh, I'm sure at least one of those guys does. In 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 self quarantine, sure. there's a lot of people that want to play with themselves. On that note, Bloom, we'll let you go, uh, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you Ooh. soon, my friend. Easy, <laughs> <laughs> guys. All right, guys. So so Tim, uh, Tim tra- walked out. Tim walked. Well, I was going to say because he, he attempted to uh, destroy John Bloom's career by having him grade players that he that he calls games with. Uh, that could have been uh, that could have oh, been man. unique. That guy gets a D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elliot Cobo. I mean, he goes he goes full solar panel on a guy the way the way we tend to do, and uh, and all of a sudden he's not calling games anymore. But it was well, fun. Well, Tim's out of the room. Let me do one more plug yep, for. Go for it. Um, the donations and the giveaways. So <clears throat> I've been very fortunate. We have a really great community here, Bright Side of the Sun. Uh, we do raise money to give um, to, to give special things to other people. Usually, it's um, underprivileged kids getting their first getting tickets to their first Suns game. This time, it's going toward people who have lost a lot of money, who are out of work and can't pay their bills and need help making ends meet. Uh, we are raising funds. Go to brightsideofthesun.com across the top banner. You can make a donation. You can also nominate somebody. You can nominate yourself if you want to. You can nominate somebody else or a business that's struggling that you really want to make sure gets through to the other side of this pandemic. Uh, so go to brightsideofthesun.com. The top banner says don- shows you where to donate. You click through to that. You can see all your options. It doesn't take very long, and it doesn't take much money. You can make a huge difference in someone's life because I'll, I'll, I'll put it to good use by giving it to someone who really needs it. Uh, so, And I also have been going on Twitter and, and different mediums to get people to actually uh, to find people who really need this uh, the most. So if you want to nominate someone, if you want to nominate yourself, and if you want to donate some money, all in the same place, just go to brightsideofthesun.com, top banner, says donate now, click on that, and you'll, you'll see what you can do. So, and I really appreciate it. We've raised, um, gosh, almost $2,000 so far in various donations through different mediums, through the GoFundMe site, as well as through uh, getting checks from people and stuff, old school. Um, <clears throat> we've done a really good job on that, and I've, I've given out most of it already as well. Um, and uh, that's, that's been, felt really good because it's made a big difference for people. So let's keep this going because these folks are not suddenly okay now. They're really not. This this package to um, 
uh, you know, the, the $2 trillion, only a little bit of it is going to regular people, and it's only a one-time payment. These people need this money to survive. They need money now. They need it next month. They need it the month after that. So we're going to keep this campaign going, and I hope you guys contribute. Yeah, unfortunately, we're likely in this for the long haul. So if you have the ability, I highly recommend uh, donating to the cause. Uh, and what Dave's doing, is, as Bloomer said, uh, always appreciate the charitable side of what Brightside and, and what Dave uh Dave does so. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, as much as I like to uh, clown on on you, Dave, uh, I never can when it comes to this stuff because uh, it comes from a great place, and I truly appreciate that that you do this. So uh, go out there, head to brightsideofthesun.com, uh, click on that banner, donate what you can. Every every little bit will help. So all, all right. right, super uh, super cool, John, to come on. By the way, always great to uh, to chat with. John, one of my favorite sons, human beings on the planet. Yeah, no offense, but he's my favorite uh, favorite podcast host I've uh, ever worked with as well. So oh, you guys, you guys finished tied for second, but uh, but Bloomer is a special <laughs> special human being. Oh, yeah, so. Everyone else is tied for second. That you've been <laughs> <on>. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, uh, none taken. By the way, I would probably do the same if I had podcasted with him. Yeah. Uh, usage rate. Um, excuse me. Let me start this over again. Uh, Tim, stat of the week. Stat, stat, stat of the week, 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 week. Of the week. I was waiting for the horn. That's it, it's, it's playing. There you go. No. <laughs> uh, usage rate. So usage rate is the percentage of a team uh, of a team plays used by a player while he was on the floor, but specifically ending a possession with that player either uh, with a shot, a turnover, or getting to the line. Uh, contrary to popular belief, it has nothing to do with how many times a player touches the ball in a specific possession. For example, Rubio could bring the ball up the court every single play and have a 0% usage rate, right? Uh, so this season, Devin Booker led the team in usage rate, no surprise, usually does, with 29.5%, followed by Aiton at 24.3%. But on the lower end of the spectrum, Jonah Bolden and Mikael Bridges bottomed out the bottom two with 115 and 12.4% respectively. Which is, which is uh, you know, makes the point as to, uh, you know, why Mikhail Bridges uh, offensively doesn't uh, doesn't look as impressive is because he's just not utilized as much as uh, uh, as other guys uh, from that standpoint. So um, part of it also is he he passes the ball off too. I mean he's not aggressive in getting a shot. That's fair. He touches the ball as much on on probably a similar number of possessions as as most of the team. Um, it's just that he, he passes the ball on and that, um, the way Tim described it earlier shows that that doesn't count. Yeah. Yep. Fair uh, essentially. Uh, so we're doing grades. We're, uh, continuing our season where, you know, we're going to give grades so far for the season. Hopefully it starts back up at some point, really who the hell knows, uh, to give you guys a reminder of how we're doing it. We are doing it, uh, on an, a grade letter, A, B, C, D, or F. And I want to let you know how we are deciding this right here. So an A, if we give someone an A, it is nearly perfect, but that also means that they far exceeded our expectations. So again, these grades are really determined by our expectations of what the player was going to be this season. A B, B is good. That means they exceeded our expectations. A C is just fine. 
and that means they did exactly what we thought they were going to do. And I think this is going to be pretty important when I give my grade for Devin Booker. Uh, D would be a disappointing season, worse than we expected. And an F would be get this mofo off of the team. They were terrible. So Tim's okay. going to... Tim's giving Devin Booker an F is what he's trying to prepare you for. <laughs> Basically, next time we do uh, next time we do this, we're doing emojis as as the grades rather than letters, just to spice it up. All right. No, I'm totally. None okay of with us that. know the actual names of these emojis. No, we did, you know, I, I just give Elliot Kobo the uh, the chocolate uh, yogurt swirl as is what Elliot Kobo <laughs> would get. So. <laughs> Um, so last last week we did uh, power forwards and centers. If you guys missed the episodes, we gave Frank Kaminsky the highest grade of anybody on the team. So far, yeah, so, so deal with it. <laughs> well, that's that's a that's a good example of context. Uh, yes. Context on that is is definitely that um, he was the one who exceeded expectations the most. Right, a hundred percent. So let's start this off with shooting guards. Tyler Johnson, last season. Uh, 8.1 PER. He averaged 16.6 minutes a game. Uh, six points, 1.6 assists per game. He shot 38% from the field. The team was eight points worse with him on the court per 100 possessions. He played in 31 games, uh, started three, and he did not make a top 20 um, in any category in the NBA. Dave, let's start this off with you. Oh, man. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, yeah, I was he's about the most disappointing player I've seen um, uh, play for the Suns this year. Uh, of course, there's been disappointing players in prior years. Uh, the Suns actually, I was just looking at it this morning. They have, uh, you know, they, they were so much better this year than they had been in, in several prior years. So sometimes we get, we players get lost in that. Um, but Tyler Johnson had a special kind of awful year. I think even he would give himself an F on this year. Um, the, get the mofo off the team. I mean, he's such a nice guy. He, he should have, he should have been able to stay on the team just from being such a good locker room presence and all that. So I don't know about the F part. I'm going to give him a D or a D minus if we can go minuses on this. Um, I think he was just terrible. Uh, real, 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 real disappointment. So, um, but I wouldn't do the F even though he did get released. Um, clearly his knee was bothering him a lot this year and, uh, I don't know if he's just waiting it out or what, but he, he didn't, uh, he didn't play well at all. So I, I'll give him a D. How, how can you give him anything but an F? James Jones said, get the mofo off the team. <laughs> yeah, right. Like by the definition of these grades, he got an F. He's not on the team anymore. He gets an F. I'm not even going to analyze it. He just gets an F. I actually, I, I don't disagree. I, I had him pegged as an F2. Um, by far the most disappointing player uh, for me this season was Tyler Johnson, especially given the fact who his competition was as the backup point guard. I mean, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that, that could have been... <laughs> honestly. That, that could have been the difference between uh, if he had played even close to the guy he was yeah. when he first got acquired that could have been the difference in those five four or five games that uh that were the separation between the eighth seed and uh, and where the suns sit you know we don't know if they'll resume but where they sit and where they may have finished is uh right. is that difference in play by tyler johnson at the backup point guard because everybody was suboptimal there if he had just played average it could have it could have changed the tide on things I mean, hell, if he just would have played below average. 
Well, they had plenty of guys playing below average. So I mean, he was just—he wasn't. He was definitely awful. Definitely yeah. awful. I still want to give him a D though because uh, he is such a good <laughs> locker room presence. <laughs> Uh, and you know, this is interesting. So the other, uh, shooting guard on the roster is Devin Booker. And I think that when Ooh. we're dis, <laughs> uh, when we are discussing what the Suns need to do this off season, the fact that, you know, they only had those two, uh, players in those positions is pretty important. So let's go ahead and do Devin Booker, Devin Booker this season, 19.8 PER, 26 points, 6.6 assists, four rebounds, 36% from three. The Suns were six points better with him on the court per 100 possessions. He played in 62 games. Of course, he started all 62 in the top 20 in the NBA. He was second in the league for total minutes played at 2,241. He was uh, ninth in the league for total field goals made at 544. He was fourth in the league for total free throws at 405. He was 13th in the league for total assists at 408. He was third in the league for turnovers at 244. Uh, no surprising given how much he had in the ball. Uh, personal foul, fouls. He was 15th in the league at uh, 188. Points. Total points. 1,619 for sixth most in the league. Free throw percentage. He was second at 91.6%. Minutes per game, he was fourth at 36.4. Points per game, he was 10th. Obviously, said that already, 26.1. Usage percentage, he was 18th at 29.5. And offensive win shares, he was 14th at 4.8. Espo, let's start with you. I'm going to give him... I struggle here Wait, because of the way we set. Can I ask why you already have our grades on the sheet here, Tim? How do you know what I'm going to give? Uh, honestly, it was an accident. I didn't know that that was on there already. <laughs> I, uh, I I struggle with this based on the criteria that we sent it up because everything in me says Devin Booker was an A player this this year, but that means he had to have exceeded our expectations. And if if he had hit the handful of game winners that he had the opportunity to, I likely would put him in that A range. Right or even now. half of them. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. He didn't have to hit all of them, but if he had hit them at a much higher clip than zero, uh, I would have, uh, <laughs> I would have uh, put him in the A range. Uh, I, I would give him. I would give him a B uh, if we were doing plus pluses and minuses. It would be a B plus. Uh, he did continue to grow his game, which I wasn't sure that we'd still see that. I thought we may have gotten too close to peak Devin Booker uh, the the previous season. So I'm going to give him a B B plus if we could do pluses. Yep, Dave. <clears throat> this is actually a tough uh, tough one to call for me. Um, hold on one sec while I make sure I have a clear throat. <laughs> hey, Dave um, learned sorry. how to mute. Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, what I, this is a tough one for me because I did expect a lot. I expected a lot from Devin Booker. However, I did not expect him to actually make the all-star game. I expected him to play well enough to be deserving of the all-star game more so than the year before. Um, this year he didn't get voted into the all-star game, but he definitely, because, um, the top, only the top two at each position were voted in each conference were voted in by anyone other than coaches and the coaches vote in winning players who've been in the playoffs. That's just what they do. So, and repeats who had been there the year before. So Devin Booker did not make it the traditional way and that pissed him off. 
but he did make he did set historic numbers to qualify and to look like he was a uh, the top snub. And then when there was an injury, he actually got named in. Um, so that exceeded my expectations. The fact that he was the top snub, clearly the top snub in the West, and that um, he was a lock, he was a shoe in to get become that injury replacement. And he should have been in there the whole time. I've got to say that that exceeds expectations. So on one hand, I want to say he didn't exceed expectations because I expected him to play at an all-star caliber level. On the other hand, he did exceed expectations by actually getting there and having such a great like mid-December to mid-January that it was just unbelievable how good he was playing. So I'll, I'll, give, him a, I'll give him a B. I'll definitely give him a B. This is a the scoring is based on our expectations, not on their play. On their play, he got an A, but he got an A the year before. Um, I would I would have to give him a B because of the expectations factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually had him as a C, uh, but Dave, I really like your argument to him uh, not only playing at the All Star caliber level to get him into the conversation, but actually making that to where he was the top snub where he had that opportunity to, to make the all-star game, uh, giving him a, a C plus is my expectations of Devin Booker are so incredibly high. Uh, you know, he is the face of the franchise. Uh, he is a max player. He is an incredible player. Um, he's still young. I expected him to get a little bit better. I'm not surprised in the areas in which he got better. Uh, you know, I thought he played really well next to, uh, next to, and with Rubio. Um, but he didn't, you know, uh, he did what I expected him to do by being a great player. Uh, it, you know, I want to give him a ton of credit at the beginning of the year, too, in that he played the entire season within the system. And it started from day one. Uh, Monty Williams. Now, let's just a quick high level recap. The Suns this year had their best offense in, in actually team history, of course, all teams are, are playing some of their best offense in, in franchise history just because the way offenses are being played these days. So in terms of efficiency, but uh, they had, let's see, actually, no, sorry. They didn't have their best offense. They had their best offense in a decade. Um, they were obviously better with Steve Nash in there. So they had the best offense in a decade, their best defense in half a dozen years, their highest pace in history. That was the one I was, I had in my brain. Sorry. They played their fastest basketball in history and they had more wins than any season since they um, <clears throat> came just um, sh um, came out of those um, more years. So <clears throat> I think we should be really happy with how Devin Booker played within the system that was successful that Monty Williams, the re one of the reasons that system was so successful is because Monty Williams got all the players to play their roles and his Ricky Rubio had his best year since uh, since the Utah years, um, as far as statistically. And then Devin Booker had his best year, even though it was kind of a slight step back from the year before, because he needed to have a slight step back. Not a big one, but a slight one. Um, DeAndre Ayton had a great year in the few games that he played. I think Monty Williams really showcased these guys right, and Devin Booker bought in. So that also contributes to my B, in that he exceeded... Well, he met expectations from my point of view on how he played within the system and how impressive he was fitting in the system the entire year. He never he never even went for 50 point games this year because that was not part of the game plan. He also this is a first year where Devin Booker led the team in win shares.
Yeah, and it makes a huge difference. Yes, exactly. So uh, for that reason, I give him a B. You guys remember when uh, Toledovich led the team in uh, in wind chairs? Yes, and in beautiful hair. <laughs> the man, uh, the man had good hair. <laughs> hilarious man uh, by, uh, by the way tim can this you year, this year all these guys are like out doing to hair for sure D- tim can you give me just one clean line of you saying the grade that you're giving devin booker <laughs> no <laughs> because that's the um, way we're promoting this episode is tim gives devin booker a c and that's how, I mean, how we're going to play promote it you might as well. I mean, everybody else on a son's Twitter shits on me. Why? Uh, why not just keep that going? Right? <laughs> All right, small forward. I legitimately well, had to make great, my. Man. I, hey, some, well, no, it's true. Uh, sometimes you got to play the. Though. Sometimes you got to play the heel and just accept it. All right. Uh, quite I literally had to time. make my tweets private. Uh, small <laughs> forward. Uh, Mikael Bridges, we're going to start there. Uh, I realize he played a lot of the season at power forward. We got this these uh, positions officially from basketball reference who Dave has mentioned uh, a lot of times actually does it by size of the player. It doesn't matter. Anyway, for we, this exercise, didn't we do Mikhail be... last week? No. We... I could have sworn we talked about Mikhail last <laughs> week because I said, I saw Greg's lips moving and no, nothing coming out. So Wait, I thought it, we lost his audio, no, but no, it was no. just him being um, uh, speechless. All right. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. All right. So then power. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm Uh not going crazy. I am because I'm stuck inside, but I'm not because of this. So Uh, uh, what did we give him? Let's see. Last week we gave Mikkel Bridges, uh, Dave, you gave him a C. Greg gave him an A and I gave him a B. Thank you. That's a range. That's actually a pretty good range amongst three people. Um, C, A, and B. Usually we're we're a little closer than that. Yeah. Uh, so Kelly Oubre then he's going to be the only small forward this week. Fourteen point nine per, eighteen point seven points. He was the third leading scorer um, behind Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton for the Suns. Six point four rebounds, one point five assists, one point three steals, point seven blocks, thirty five percent from three. The Suns were two point seven points better with him on the court per one hundred possessions. He played in fifty six games. He started in fifty five on the in the top twenty in the league. Um, uh, personal fouls, he was 14th at 192, and turnover percentage at 8.2% for 19th in the league. <laughs> Is that like 19th lowest or 19th highest turnover rate? Uh, highest. <laughs> highest? Wah, wah, turnover percentage. So the only two things he qualified for in the top 20 of the league were negative stats, committed, and turnovers. Yeah, but yes. I but I get crap when I question his game. So no, right, no. Then. Here's here's the thing, Kelly Oubre. He, he was he was doing this thing this year where he would just run into head two down. or three guys head down uh, and try and dunk it and get and with the, the ball, ball below his waist somehow. It, it, so I don't fault him necessarily for those types of turnovers because they aren't arrogant passes. You know, he, well, he's not doing these full, these uh, cross court passes yeah. that are getting picked off that you shouldn't do. And I agree that sometimes it would be nice in those situations if he would have just passed the ball. How, how do you not blame a guy who puts his head down, runs into three <laughs> people and loses the ball? It's because just as bad somebody, as a cross court pass. Well, because <laughs> the Suns need somebody on that damn team to do that. <laughs> you know, and, and although it would so, be irritating, nobody else on the team was really that type of player. And there is an intrinsic amount of value from having 
having a player that just not does not give a damn and will barrel into guys and and make them be honest at defending the rim. So I so, do think that it has it has a little bit of value. So lowered so expectations. Credit, to, well, so to Kelly's credit, um, those the barreling into three guys at the left side of the you know, halfway down the uh, down the free throw uh, line there. He did that like constantly for the first month. And then he really didn't do that much in the final month of the season. He had learned, he learned, and that's some, some of that is coaching and watching film and all that and seeing how it happened. But he got to a point where he was really predictably going to get to the same exact spot on the floor with both feet on the ground and the foot and the ball below his waist in two hands ready to gather and do something. And the defenses knew that and three different guys from three different angles could get there without fouling him. <clears throat> and slap that ball away. So, but he did change that, and he wasn't doing that by the end of the um, his part of the season before he got hurt. So I give him big credit for that. And frankly, <clears throat> I'm just going to go ahead and give my grade. I think he deserves an A for the year uh, because he really, really did exceed expectations. Dave's dying there, so I'll hop in. I don't know what the hell's going on this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I've been good lately. It's just, not it's Corona. Just, it's, not just old, Corona. it's just old man. It's, it's just old man. Don't worry oh, about I, it. I've been, I, this is, yeah. Whatever. That's life. You're, you're uh, fine until you get on a mic. That's how it works. So, for, yeah. So, anyway. No, let me finish. Hold on. <laughs> So Kelly uh, putting up the 18.7 points and 6.4 rebounds, I really thought that that was going to be a, um, an unachievable number for him this year. When I came when I came into the year, I actually predicted on the timeline podcast. I did we did some of the superlatives, the guesses out, um, uh, just random guesses, and I actually guessed that Kelly might be the most disappointing person this year. Um, on, on the team because he had such high expectations scoring that $30 million two-year contract. And I thought he wouldn't be able to live up to him. I thought he would kind of fade into the woodwork again and become a bench player. And, and people were clamoring. He should be coming off the bench because Mikel Bridges does everything quietly and secretly and nobody knew what he did. But all of a sudden, the team uh, is so much better with him not doing anything. Um, and so Kelly, I thought, would end up coming off the bench and then being a little disappointed and disgruntled and everything. It was the exact opposite. He had a great year. He was the spiritual leader of the team, the energetic leader of the team. Even when he's driving into three guys below the foul line with the ball at his hips and, and, and trying to gather and he gets it stripped. Even then that was high energy that that team needed. He, he would make up for it with good defensive plays, even though he'd, you'd forget about the bad defensive plays. He'd make some good, interesting spectacular defensive plays. He had great dunks. He had, he would shot 48% on clutch threes, 48%. The rest of the team averaged 20%. It was just unbelievably bad. The rest of the team on shooting clutch threes, Kelly Oubre, 48%. So I really think he exceeded expectations by far this year. And I can't, I can't, I can't give him a grade other than a, I thought he did a great job. So I, I, I'm probably going to surprise the group uh, with with my grade. I have been critical of Kelly Oubre uh, throughout the year and even a few minutes ago on this episode, but I think he was was a B. I mean, and a solid B. This guy, I I like to dub him the human exclamation point, right? Because he just 
was excitement personified. Whenever this team needed it, whenever there was a moment where it felt like their shoulders had slumped and and that things were about to to turn for the worse, Kelly Oubre would make a play that got not only the fans back into the game, but got his teammates uh, engaged and excited again in the game. The and uh, yeah, and regardless, yeah, the 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 head bob, all those kind of things. You know, just it got the team going in ways that no coach speak or or anything like that would do. Uh, I give him an immense amount of credit for that. Uh, Dave, you touched on the clutch threes. There were a lot of those moments where you're like, no, no, oh yeah, okay, great. He, you know, great shot with with him late in games because he just became so automatic with with those. Where Devin Booker. Uh, missed a lot in those late game situations. Kelly Oubre made a lot where you where you didn't expect him uh, to, and, and kept the Suns in some of those last minutes of of games with with his play. So as much as I as I think and give uh, the fan base a hard time for for some irrational love with this guy and and kind of ignoring some of the flaws, it's it's hard to deny that he has a great impact on the floor with what he does. Uh, he can score, and you can overlook some of those th- some of those uh, other flaws when you're looking at in totality and giving a grade like this because he does have such an impact. So I'm a, I'm a very solid B with Kelly Oubre for this year. Kelly Oubre is hands down, and it's not even close, my favorite rebounder in the game. Uh, and he has... Uh, really inspired how I personally rebound the ball uh, when when I'm playing pickup. I just he's such a good rebounder for his position, and I I don't think that that should be overlooked, especially coming uh, from years of having uh, T.J. Warren, who big fan of T.J. Warren, not a very good rebounder at that position. I think the <laughs> point that Greg made earlier about um, Kelly Oubre being clutch. It was something I was tweeting out a lot during the season, but I wanted Kelly Oubre to be the one taking the final shot because I think that he proved um, over the course of the season that he really shines in those moments. Um, Whereas other players on the roster who would often get those shots um, didn't necessarily, and also shine in those, but also them getting those shots became a a bit more predictable. Uh, So not only uh, is Devin Booker not excellent at at clutch shooting, um, the defenses don't make it any easier for him to get that that final shot off. Um, That being said, I had pretty high expectations for Kelly Oubre going into the season. Uh, So I graded him uh, a B minus, which is lower than you two guys. But um, I really believed that what we saw the season prior, he was going to be able to continue doing um, from an impact on the court standpoint. Uh, but he did exceed expectations uh, being clutched. The only real area where he was not as good as I expected was in those lineups where he was the only starter um, along with the bench. And he really had an opportunity to shine offensively. And I, I think that we saw that he's not excellent at getting his own shot a lot of the time. Um, so that was slightly below, but yeah, I had him as a B minus. I think those are fair grades. I think, I think we're all, impressed with just the fact that Kelly did a little bit better than we thought he might. And that's, and that's good. All right. So let's, uh, let's recap the shorter grades we gave Tyler Johnson. Dave gave a D minus. I gave an F Greg gave an F Devin Booker. Dave gave a B Greg gave a B plus. I gave a plus, uh, Kelly Oubre 
Um, Dave gave an A, Greg gave a B, and I gave a B minus. This brings us to our final segment of the show, gentlemen. Something that Greg has been working incredibly, incredibly hard on. Uh, it's been really <laughs> fun to watch. But the uh, ring has of it been honor, incredibly hard. I've <laughs> hey, <laughs> it, it's been something. <laughs> Any everything right now is kind of eh, we're we, you know, in the world we live in. It's marginally entertaining for everybody. It's the Donkey Tweet 16 as we march towards the first member of the solar panel Donkey Ring of Dishonor. Uh, first round is in the books. We're into the egregious eight. Uh, we're going to launch that this morning. Bracket is up on my Twitter at Espo. Uh, the only upset. In the first round was the 215 matchup, so a big upset here. Number number two seed uh, Dana Scott over at I believe AZ Central tweet, had tweeted: Could Monty Williams eventually become the New York Knicks' prodigal son, returning to where he began his NBA career? Uh, it was an article talking about, uh, and I actually believe it was a Dwayne Rankin article, but an article talking about how uh, Monty Williams may leave the Suns to go to the Knicks. Uh, and it was defeated by the that. number 15 seat at Fear the Fork underscore ASU, who tweeted, The entire team is garbage. Booker's not a star. And Aiton is a bust. So that was our biggest upset in the round of a 16 in the Dunkey Tweet okay, 16 so tournament. 15 beat two. 15 beat two. Every other regular uh, seed, uh, higher seed, won their matchup. So we're in the egregious eight. We'll march towards the finals, which my hope, I believe, is to try to have our finals matchup for next Saturday's episode where we can uh, announce who's in the finals, discuss uh, what that looks at, looks like, and crown a champion a week from Monday in the Tweet 16. So who do we got left, Greg? Do you have oh, let me, I do. I have the bracket right here as I unprofessionally look down at my phone while uh, on camera. We have the number one okay. seed. We're looking down all the time. The number one seed at true underscore rise uh, versus the number eight seed, uh, Camella 12. Uh, the number four seed, Scout with Brian. Everybody loves our friend Scout uh. with Brian, uh, the block, uh, the man who's blocked by most of us, versus at SI now, the number five seed. And then, oh, this is a, bar- a barn burner in the 3-6 matchup. You've got Dwayne Rankin, the number three seed, versus the number six seed, Bill Simmons. That should be a fun one. My guess is we're going to see an upset there, but this is a battle of the titans in terms of uh, uh, particular egregious tweets. Not that either. Uh, I, I actually enjoy the writing and the work of both of these guys. Just happen to be egregious tweets there, so that should be a good one. And then uh, the odd uh, 7 15 matchup in a tournament uh, at TCOP 22 versus at Fear the Fork underscore ASU, the 15 seed who made the big first round upset. So that's what we're looking at. Uh, you can read all their tweets uh, on and voting in that uh, egregious eight. Those four matchups will go live uh, t- this morning and tomorrow morning. We'll uh, do those. So we'll, uh, we'll move into the uh, uh, the I don't even know what we're going to call the uh, the final four. I'll come up with some ridiculous name uh, early next week. So, and so on that note, next week coming up on our uh, next scheduled as of now episode, which will be Saturday morning. Make sure that you are joining us live. We uh, might do another Arizona Wednesday time. solar party. Right. Um, <laughs> so the next the next scheduled one that we have, we are going to be grading uh, the point guards. 
on the team, Monty Williams and uh, Robert Sarver. So that should be a lot of fun. And uh, make sure you follow Espo on Twitter at Espo in order to vote in the Ring of Dishonor bracket. The Sun Solar Panel podcast now available on Spotify. Just search Sun Solar Panel. Now back to three awkward guys talking about the suns. Hey guys, it's Espo back to remind you that there are many ways that you can support this show. Uh, you can start by following us on Twitter, you know, following us at Sun Solar Panel. Leave a five-star review. That's right, five-star review. You probably remember when I used to do that. We might even read it on the show. You can click the link in the bio and leave us a voicemail and, and support the show that way. Or you can go to sunshirts.com, buy a shirt. Or, you know what, there is another way. There's, I told you, there's so many ways to support this show and keep Dave with getting his Geritol, get Tim to get his glasses, keep me feeding my daughter, however you want to look at it. You can help uh, help the show out. You can donate uh, as well. If you click the link in the show notes, you can donate $1, $5, uh, $10 the show, and it is greatly appreciated as it helps us keep doing this. This is a passion project for Dave, Tim, and I. We all uh, do other things, but we love connecting with you, the Suns fans, twice a week. So support us, sunshirts.com. You can donate, follow us, leave a five-star review, however you want to do it. We appreciate you. And you know what? If you donate 10 bucks, Tim's going to send you some sun sh- uh, solar panel swag. I don't know where he's getting it. It's probably some shady place that, that he knows about out there in Florida, but it's cool stuff, so uh, donate. Thanks again, uh, Greg here, and Tim and Dave also appreciate you. It's sun solar panel. You can support us, sunshirts.com, or leave a donation.